You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learned. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's he ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, and now, now. Your, host, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you enjoyed at least the first 60 minutes of Saints' victory over Aston Villa on Sunday. The last 30 minutes. You know, not so much. Um, Also, I'm having a few audio issues this evening as I sit here to record this. I waited until the evening with hopes that we would have some more insight on the injuries to Ryan Bertrand, Jan Bednarek, and Danny Ings, which which I will be really honest, dominated most of my thoughts uh, after the match. Um, You'll hear me say it in the episode, but I have never been so upset after scoring four goals and winning an away match in the Premier League. Um, But I wasn't happy, uh, mostly because... I thought the injuries were bad. I thought that would impact us long term. And I wasn't really happy that we allowed three goals so late in the game. It felt like everything kind of just fell apart. But in the end, we did get three points. And uh, on an even brighter note, I got to talk to the guys from the In That Number podcast. So uh, Ray and Kevin will join the show uh, just in a few moments. We'll talk about their show. Uh, you'll hear a little bit more about them if you're not sure kind of who they are or what their show is. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to say there is a link in the show notes to donate because it is now Movember. And just like last year, I am hoping to help raise some money uh, for the Ugly Insides Movember campaign. So the link is in the show notes and uh, you'll hear from Freddie soon enough on this very podcast and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But uh, enough of that. Let's get to Kevin and Ray. Uh, We'll talk about the In That Number podcast. We'll talk about the match and then we will talk about your questions and uh, hope you enjoy it. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, the guys from the In That Number Podcast. We have Ray Hunt, Kevin Milverton. Um, guys, welcome back, and thanks for joining the show. It's a, a busy day full of, of saints and podcasts and more podcasts, and, and welcome back, and uh, how are you? Yeah, thanks for having us back on, Matt, especially after last time. What happened last time? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, me and Kev, you never know what happened. It all comes out in the edit, doesn't it? it but, does. um, yeah. yeah, thanks for having us back on, Matt. I mean, I think last time you just hit 100 episodes, and now you're cruising towards 200. So, like, there's no tomorrow. So, yeah, um, putting an early congratulations. It's an incredible job you did. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, I can, once again, it proves that I'm just a bad... Like, I have so many people that I want to get on the show that it's like, by the time I, like... They're like, oh yeah, it's like it's time for them to come on again. It's like, well, it's been almost two years. Thanks a lot. And it's like, oh shoot, um, you know. And then at least we're still alive. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, we we survived this, so uh, we we survived most of 2020. Although uh, the second half gave us a good uh, reminder that it is still 2020. We survived the second <laughs> half, and um, and we're here. But um, I imagine most people will know of the in that number show. But in case they don't. Ray, can you just kind of fill us in on, on where to find the show and, and what people can expect in the, if they tune in uh, each week? Of course. Yeah, we're on Instagram uh, in that number podcast. You can find us on Twitter at number podcast. Um, but yeah, we, we, we put out a weekly show. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. I think that's important. Um, okay, we're not going to get the, you know, the listeners of a Southampton delivery podcast. We know that. Um, but we, you know, we just kind of have fun with it. Um, and it's a great way to talk to my best friend every week, you know, about the club that we love. And it takes us back to the days, you know, before Kevin left for Moscow. So yeah, it's, um, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kevin, how do you find watching the team from Moscow? Does it, do you, do you miss being in Southampton or 
uh, given that it's uh, $14.95 to watch today's fantastic goal. Uh, however many goals we scored or they scored or however many things. I think Gary Lineker said it was two pounds something per per uh, per goal, which I think he missed the point of people, the fact that people don't want to pay it. It's not because they don't want to pay for goals. But, um, you know, do you enjoy being able to watch the, the, the team basically every week? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same deal here as in a lot of places that you have. It used to actually be on uh, just ordinary terrestrial TV or cable that there's a lot of sport on TV here. But now it's gone to a streaming service, just like the Russian equivalent of Amazon Prime or whatever. You can pay extra for it, which I don't do because I'm a lifelong pirate. But okay. um, <laughs> at the moment, I think it doesn't make a difference where you are in the world watching the Saints because, um, of course, yeah, I'd love to be going there to St. Mary's uh, every other week and you know, going to away games and that sort of thing. But it's a difficult commute from Moscow. But seeing as no one's allowed in the stadia at all i'm probably getting the same experiences as everyone else yeah yeah uh, I, I always try to make a point the the price i pay to watch saints other than like the physical toll of getting up at 4 a.m uh which seems like a lot this year uh, a number of times as long as we keep winning i'll do it um and even if we lose i mean i did it all due through claude Puel's time as well um <laughs> but the, the, other than that, the the price I have to pay per year to watch all of the matches is not that much. It's not anywhere near what people are paying um, if they actually go to the matches, and it's nowhere near what they're paying if they are having to do the uh, the the pay per view uh, route in 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 England itself. So no complaints from me at all. And with the streams out there, go find them. Like it, that's okay if you, if you, if you want to do that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad. I will pay for it because I just want to make sure they're they're still there. But I couldn't do fourteen ninety five a match. I that would not that would not really work out. So anyway, um, I mean, a lot I'm, of stuff I'm just um, amazed. Sorry, yeah, um, um, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I pay the, the same price for like all of my media bills as it does as it costs for one football match, which is just insane. That's uh, so I don't know how how do people like pay all that money for BT and, and Sky and and then on top. Of, okay, right, we're gonna and then still pay <laughs> extra. Again. And still do, do you know what? Did you know, hands up, I actually paid for the game today. You didn't? I did. You didn't tell me that on the phone. I know, I know. I paid for it today. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, so I forked out enough money to, to, to watch this anyway. And, yeah. and I, pay for, I pay for Sky Sports, I pay for BT Sports. Um, but, you know, with, with, with our country going into, into lockdown as it is, it's, it's not going to be as easy for me to go to the pub and watch the game. And I don't trust my internet connection enough to get a decent... You know, a, you know, a pirate stream going. So I thought, you know, for a one-off, as I'm as I'm appearing on your show, Matt, I'm going to have to watch this game today. So I'm going to have to pay the fourteen ninety-five. And yeah, it did. Uh, I did feel bad about it, but I had. Uh, you missed the fine print on the show outline that said all costs incurred are your responsibility. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to sit you over any money, but I appreciate that, and I'm sorry. Um, I, I guess the real question is, does your wife know you paid for it? She does. She wasn't happy about it. She she said, like, how can you go on your podcast and you know kick off a big, you know, fuss about paying fourteen ninety five per game and then you've just gone and done it. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to put some money in towards uh, Southampton Foundation every single time that I do. So uh-huh. I, will, I will kind of balance that out to make me feel better about it as well. Well, you, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's, it's the choice between don't watch your team or, or watch the team and, and, and contribute to something you don't want to do, which is, it's tough and, and it sucks. Exactly. And, and you know, I mean, if you're doing a show about it, like you have to, you have to watch the match. You have to, to kind of be able to do that. And, and I don't know, it's, it's, it sucks. And I'm glad I don't really have to make that decision um, at all. And I feel bad for you for having to do that. Um, and I hope your wife is okay. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, if it was just on our show, I wouldn't have done it. I probably would have persevered to try to find a decent stream and actually got invited to go around somebody else's house. Um, and watch the game as well. But I felt like, you know, I wouldn't have had enough time to prep for my show and prep for your show. And it was just like, you know what, I'll take a hit on this one. Yeah. And, and speaking of your show, it'll be out before people hear this one. So the link to your episode will be in the show notes. People can go find it if they want. Um, and, and I would encourage you to, to do that. And, and sometimes you were visited by uh, other people. Um, Tim Bizantz, uh, a, a couple of other uh, guests pop in now and then. So, so people can go and, and get, Get some, some insight on that. I, I, I have a question for Ray. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, we, we didn't manage to, to, to have this conversation on our pod, but 
What do you get for that, that 15 quid? I got the match, mate. I got the match. And I got an uh, amazing commentary from Brammy-born Lee Hendry. Yeesh. And that's it. That's it. You yeah, not much, um, not much analysis at the end of the game either. Just thanks for watching. Goodbye. Yeah, what is it on? Like five minutes before kickoff? Two minutes before kickoff? Uh, quarter two. Fifteen minutes before. Okay. Fifteen minutes after. It's tough to justify that much more money for that because that's not a lot extra. That's not, that doesn't no. that doesn't cost them a lot to to do. You know, they probably need no, more, no, like, no, no studio, it's just all audio. Using a feed that's probably already there. Anyway, anyway. Um, well, I, do you, are, you plan on then watching more matches from home during lockdown? You think that's going to be more of a thing since you won't be able to go to the pub and, and things like that? Well, I, like like Kev does, I think I'm going to have to do the pirate uh, stream unless. Well, I say, I mean, yeah, as we are in the lockdown now for the month, it's going to have to be because I'm certainly not going to pay it again. Yeah. Um, what is lockdown looking like for you over in Moscow? Um, well, I'd say first round, first time round, um, they went in pretty hard. Um, I'd say fairly early. Um, we were a week or two behind the whole pandemic in Europe. So it seemed sort of reasonable. Yeah, tough, but reasonable. And um, we were locked down for a good six weeks and you had to register um, each trip you want to use on public transport, that sort of thing. But um, since the summer, um, it hasn't really affected me at all. I mean, we can pretty much go anywhere and do anything. If you've been watching the Champions and Europa League, you'll see that the stadiums are part full still. Um, part of the theatre, cinema. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to control it by forcing people, um, forcing companies to get people to work from home. Um, a lot of the schools are online, that sort of thing, and universities, which is probably sensible. But I don't know, it feels a little bit like a half measure at the moment. Well, we've, we've gone, my family is not doing Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday. Wow. And the, the decision to cancel that came as a bit of a shock because I live in a fairly conservative area. Some people kind of aren't, I don't want to say they're not taking it seriously, but they're not taking it as seriously as, as, as others. And the decision to not, not have Thanksgiving together was, uh, it came as a little bit of a shock. I thought we were going to wind up doing it, but I'm actually kind of glad we're not. That way, you know, we're not contributing to anything. We're keeping everybody safe. Um, I think that's good, but it looks like our numbers are going up here in different parts of the country. So I can assume, I kind of assume we're going to, we're going to be trending back towards, towards locking down again at some point, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, could all could all change uh, on Tuesday when this is released. Yes, um, it's probably going to be a political outcome, isn't it? it yeah, than... and it's not what I want at all. But anyway, anyway, we'll we'll skip that and talk about uh, something probably just equally as as controversial. Um, Southampton were one of the only clubs, or sorry, not one of the only, but the only club not to sign up to the diversity code. And and Kevin, I was going to ask you just just briefly. Um, I mean, what? Is this is this good on Southampton because they don't think it's it goes far enough? Is it good on them because you don't sign up for things until you read and fully understand them? But because we're the only ones that didn't sign up, it looks bad. Or what's your what's your take on this? Because I heard the Guardian kind of criticize them, and I was initially kind of critical. But when I read what they've said, I'm not necessarily that upset with their with the the stance they've taken. Yeah, I probably agree with everything you said actually, but um, it. It maybe doesn't look good, you know, if you say that uh, the Saints are the own, only club not to sign up to the diversity code. It does make them look like awful racists, which I'm, I'm definitely sure is not their intention. From what I gather, the statements that they put out, that there was Premier League advanced equality standards that Saints have already met, and they, they were the first team to do that. So I think the question for them, if, if I'm giving them a bit of... Um, leeway trying to understand the position that I, I i'd probably say that it's more that they want to understand how that conflicts with what they've already got in place rather than not subscribing to the the code itself because you know everyone understands that Southampton FC um definitely fully on board with the diversity but yeah, I, mean, I think there's just a lot of um, answered questions from what they've, they've said. I think it's maybe that it's not going far enough as far as they're concerned. That's, that's, that's how I understood it. And I think it's kind of important, too, that because they're the only club in the Premier League to not sign up, that looks, it looks bad. And, and I think from that, people can, can draw and just read the headline and, 
decide exactly what that means without really reading into it. And I even think some of the things that were the way some of the things were phrased didn't necessarily do Southampton any favors. But um, like you said, they've met a lot of the other targets. They want to make sure that, uh, you know, when the Premier League release their own uh, equality and inclusion stuff, they will decide whether they're going to sign up for the FA stuff. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see. And I'm, I'm unwilling to rather to really either praise them or criticize them heavily based on just the fact that they didn't sign up. It does doesn't look good, but I, I'm not sure that they deserve some of those things that the, that people have said or are worried about. And and we'll just kind of have to wait um, and, and see kind of how that all kind of plays out. But um, yeah, that was like really one of the big news stories that came out of uh, of the middle of the week. And um, you know, I I like it very much when Southampton does things that make me proud of the club. And I think some of the things that they, they've done in terms of uh, employment and and bringing people in that are not white males, like that helps and, and, it, and it makes me I think it gives other people a chance to kind of look and say hey I can have a career in football because there are people there that look like me um, when that when those people are not necessarily young middle-class white kids because everybody should you know be able to to get uh, or have a dream of, of working in football even if it's not on the pitch if it's something else and so I think that is important but um, it's always a touchy subject so we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out and see how Saints respond and um, hopefully they, they do the right thing and that's all we can kind of ever hope for, um, on that. But, um, obviously we, we talked about pay-per-view, we talked about, uh, the diversity code and things like that, but I think the real topic that we're going to spend most of the this, this show talking about now is, is the match against Aston Villa. Saints came into the match having, uh, I guess we didn't dethrone Everton, but we definitely kind of uh, beat them last week. They've since lost to Newcastle, uh, again, which makes our victory maybe not as impressive um <laughs> but um obviously we, we played aston villa today go away to villa park uh come away with the victory uh but can i just ask uh, just just how are you feeling about that ray like what's your you know the game's over what, what's the first kind of feeling you get knowing that we've beaten them even though it was 4-3 i think i think first and foremost you need to look at it as a win i mean i'm not the most positive uh, positive of saints fans kevin vouch for me on that but yeah, second half, it was a bit of a horror show. But looking at it, you know, if you look at it two or three weeks down the line and you, you're looking back at all the you know, recent uh, results that we've had, you're going to have a double unit to it and you're going to have three points next to it. And I'm looking at the league table at the end of it and think we're right up there. We're right where we need to be. Um, and then if someone had said to me at the start of the game, like, you're going to get, you're going to score four goals, you're going to get three points. Sure, I would have taken it. Maybe I'm not as angry as I should be because, I mean, I've listened to a few, you know, sense fans on social media post game and you know they all seem to be up in arms about how we you know performed second half especially when when jack stevens came on and broke up that partnership with um bednarik and and vestergaard but i mean overall i think i'm happy and then i think our podcast will show that as well kevin what about you what what was your feeling on on the final whistle i i'd say it was a a pyrrhic victory that the Yes, we got the three points, uh, scored four goals, shooting up the table, but the price we paid to do that was, was, was quite great. We lost three key players. And yeah, the, the second half, it, it, it was awful. So yeah, it's easy with a sort of a sour taste in the mouth, I suppose. Yeah. It should have, it should have been so sweet, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah for, that, from, that goes from back to. Nil, I was like, how are we going to lose this game now? I mean, I, I cannot see us you know, conceding one goal. And, you know, looking at the stats after the first half, it was all in our favor. And then looking at the end of the game, it was, what, what happened? Yeah. Complete collapse. But, you know, to come away with three points still, you've got to be happy with it. All right. All right. Uh, I was going to say, is it more salty or more sweet based on what you guys were discussing last week on, on your show? Uh, I think it was <laughs> a, a good bit of both. Um, but, but I can tell you, I have never in my life been more angry after, at the final whistle with my team scoring four goals and, and getting a victory on the road. Um, then I was at the end of this match, I was so upset by, by kind of how things went. And I think part of it goes because last week, um, I was so proud of, of how the team kind of went and managed the game when they were ahead that I felt like, I guess my, my kind of looking at Southampton under Ralph has been, we got to where we are because we put forth a lot, a, a lot of effort. We run a lot. We press a lot. We force teams to make mistakes. And that's been kind of how we've gotten things done. 
And I thought last week was a real step forward because we did those things. We isolated the players and, and that they, we needed to isolate. We took advantage of the players that were out of position. We did all of the things that we needed to do. We, when we got ahead and they went down to 10 men, we didn't, we didn't expose ourselves by pushing too far forward. We managed the game brilliantly. And I just thought like, this is a, a complete performance. And then this week we're, you know, we're far and away, uh, just, just blowing them away at halftime. And then we go up for nothing. And then we somehow managed to squeak a victory. And maybe that's, that's not quite right, but three, four, where I just thought the second half performance, this last 30 minutes was just, um, it's been just a repeat of, it was like 2020 all over again. And I just don't really want to live through that every single week. But, and granted it was also very, very early. Um, there's a lot more excitement than I want to have it happen before before 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I think, I think going in off the back of that Everton game, we were confident and we had that stability at the back with, with Vestergaard playing so well, by the way, in October um, and, and Bednarek. But the only thing that changed in that second half was Bednarek. And you look at it and think, was he the only reason you, you bring Jack Stevens on? And I think he's got a lot of criticism for this second half performance. Was that the only reason they lost it? Could this just be a blip? Because we did close out that Everton game perfectly, as you say. It was, it was the perfect match performance. And we had that in the first half this time. You take Bednarik out of it and you take, you, know, okay, you take Bertrand out of it also. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a lot of problems, especially, you know, James Ward-Prowse switching to left back for a bit. Yeah, well, that, that's another change is Ward-Prowse drops to left back and that changes the midfield dynamic. And, and we've had Ward-Prowse play at, at, at right back before. We've seen Hoiberg play at left back um, in, in, in times past and that never seems to go well. You know, our, our fullbacks are so important. Um, and I think Ward-Prowse is so important in the midfield that uh, to have that happen uh, definitely kind of set us up um, to, to struggle a little bit. But um, let, let's, let's start with the lineup and then we'll kind of work our way through the game because there are some, some points that need celebration uh, and there are some definitely some concerns that um, I think we need to, to look at as well. But uh, Kevin, did you have a, any, any surprise for you with, with the lineup? The fact that I think for me, no, no Redmond after his man of the match performance, and I say that in quotes, uh, last week, uh, Walcott comes in and, and replaces him. Was that uh, a surprise for you or do you think that was deserved on, uh, for Walcott to come in and, and maybe have to challenge Redmond because he I, I quite possibly or quite honestly, I should say, I don't think he's been what he was uh, a couple of seasons ago. No, I mean, yeah, Redmond hasn't been um, up to his best form recently and I think it's, you know, it's a question of um, loyalty of keeping Redmond in there or Walcott um, who filled in very, very nicely uh, for when Redmond was out in that Chelsea match. And, yeah, obviously he obviously wasn't uh, available to play against Everton, but he's, he's uh, gone with Walcott, and I think that's, um, that's good. Walcott, Walcott definitely merits uh, inclusion in the team. Um, and maybe that's going to put the pressure on for Redmond. But, I mean, you know, Walcott, he's... he's Getting on, he played the full 90 minutes this time, but I don't think he's going to be able to, to do that week in, week down. So, um, yeah, hopefully that'll help spur Redmond on to have this game. I, when when you know, Theo came in, I was worried about Armstrong's involvement, to be honest. I thought, you know, we discussed this on our show last week, Kev, about the, you know, the possibility of shifting Walcott to the left um, to allow him to, you know, and then, you know, he can float inside and be a useful outlet for the front two. Or, you know, just finding a way that we can utilize both Walcott and Armstrong. Um, and, I, you know, I, just, I was excited when I saw the lineup today. I was excited to see how that would shape up because I didn't know who was going to start on the left, who was going to start on the right. Um, and at that moment, before kickoff, I was okay with Redmond taking a seat. You know, it, it's not a problem because, as I said on our show as well, he hasn't, he hasn't been himself this season. He's been a slightly under par, but even though he was the sky's man of the match against Everton. Yeah, I... Yeah. I think it was just more of a clue that they were they were hoping for an Everton party than uh, actually watching Southampton and, and understanding what they were doing. Other than the fact that we did lose nine nil uh, last year in October on a Friday night, which they do know, which is nice because um, I forget that sometimes. And I like to maybe they, they would. I think this, my theory is that they were drinking quite a lot and um, that their box was just over that left wing, and that's the only player they could see. All right. I, I mean, I I've just at this point just I'm going to make jokes about nine nil because why not? It's just, yeah. uh, it hurts less when I do it. 
Um, so I think for me, really, that, that the Walcott coming in was the only maybe surprise, I, just because I didn't expect it. Um, but I think he did fine. And I was worried about the relationship between him and, and Bertrand, because I think the best thing that Redmond has this year going for him is his relationship with Ryan Bertrand. Ryan Bertrand looks so good this season. Um, and they, they definitely have an understanding of, of when Bertrand needs cover, uh, when he's supposed to overlap, when he underlaps, when he doesn't necessarily contribute, when he just offers kind of defensive cover for Redmond. I think that understanding is great. And I worry about, uh, you look at how long it's taken to kind of get that partnership uh, to, to where it's at. You, you wonder how long it's going to take for, for anybody else to develop that, especially now if Bertrand is out, is out injured. But um, the game started pretty well. I think other than Ward Prowse getting booked uh, early, we had a, a goal chalked off for offside. I mean, that just seemed a little bit cruel at, you know, 4.07 AM or whenever it happened uh, for me. But obviously I get, is it obvious that, that he was offside? He's offside. He's offside. There's nothing you can do about it. Or, or do you think that's a, that's a marginal decision? No, I, it's not obvious. It was very, very close. Um, and Kevin, uh, put it out to me saying that his shoulder was off because I looked at it first time I thought that's his elbow I thought they surely and now as I understand the rules you can only be in an offside position or you know, a body part that you can score with and your elbow you cannot but Kev had said to me that yeah I think it was his shoulder that was offside um, if that's the case yeah very very harsh and you could see on the game as well that Shea uh, had a look up at the big screen and he was you know gobsmacked by the decision yeah. that it, it actually was well, it's very, very harsh. But as long as they're being consistent with these things, then I don't think you can argue. I, I have it down that he was offside by a pube um, because <laughs> Manscaped seems to be making a comeback. Uh, and <laughs> had he done that, maybe he's in. And you know you can score with that body part in more ways than one. Uh, we've watched Shane Long do it. You know, There, there you go. We'll leave that, we'll leave that there because this is a you family show. Yeah, are you, are you getting uh, paid by Manscaped? I don't. Um, but you could be. Could be. I mean... <laughs> I did. I, I will say I did just shave uh, my beard. <laughs> let, me, uh-huh. let me put that in there um, <laughs> because it's November. So this is November 1st. So I had to go, you know, blank slate. And uh, Freddie, Freddie from the Ugly Inside is doing the, uh, the Movember thing again. So uh, I'll, have, I'll have a link to that and, and we'll hopefully try to raise some money. Um, my wife has asked that I do not do the, uh, the handlebar mustache that I've done the last couple uh-huh. of years. I got to do something else. So um, we'll go. I think we're going to go regulation because my, my. Uh, go Tom Selleck. I think so. Maybe Hercule Poirot. That'd be cool. Get some gel and like curl it around. Excellent. My uh, about the mushy off the Pringles can. I'm looking at right now. I think. I don't know if I can get that in a month. For a month, yeah. But jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that good. Uh, I got a lot. I got a lot of body hair. Not the the mustache is not where the the hair is, or my head for that matter is not where most of it's at, uh, unfortunately. But uh, people don't care about this. Let's let's keep going. Please God. Um, I, I mean, for, for after that, okay. Ward Prowse is booked, uh, which is not great. Not the, not the birthday card you want. Um, but then we start scoring goals and we were, I mean, from my perspective, we were playing the much better football from, from minute one to, to minute 45 without any doubt. Um, but was there anything in there that was concerning to you uh, up until the first goal of that first 15 minutes? I think for me, it's just, Ward Prowse getting booked and that what that means for the midfield and how he has he's going to have to play the rest of the match. But but really, I mean, any 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 concern there for you? Well, actually, do you know, I I sent Kevin a message. I think I said Tim the message as well and said that Ward Prowse is getting sent off today. It's going to happen. Um, I was slightly concerned about that. They did nothing with the free kick, by the way, not like we did. Um, and yeah, I wasn't really concerned with how how Villa were playing. I mean, they saw a lot of the ball in that first fifteen minutes, but. And McCarthy had nothing to do, which was good. And then it just goes back to what we've been doing for the last three or four weeks, that we've just been so organized at the back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was, I was pleased with that. I was just a little bit, little bit concerned that Will Prowse may have, uh, may have done something very, very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it just looked clumsy to me. It didn't look like it was cynical at all. It just looked like he got caught wrong side and, and it was going to happen and he did it. Um, not the best, but, but things happen. Um, what about you, Kevin? Any anything that stands out that is kind of concerning in that in that opening kind of exchange? I wasn't concerned at all, to be honest. I think if you um, score a goal in the first few minutes, um, albeit from a disputably offside position, um, I think that pretty much sets you up for the for the rest of the half. Uh, it was clear who the better team was. 
um, I'm just amazed that you know we didn't actually have a huge number of clear cut chances. It was just purely down to a James Ward-Prowse masterclass that um, we finished that half uh, in the lead. The uh, the opening goal comes from uh, a free kick. Uh, set pieces for three of the four goals today. Um, somebody called us set piece merchants, and I pointed out to them, I think very kindly, that Aston Villa have only conceded three goals from set pieces all year, and they were all today. Two of them were pretty good free kicks. Uh, one of them, I think, hits into the side netting uh, inside the goal, which I think is good luck saving it. Um, and Investicard, I think that's a... They, they should have done a little bit better to, to mark him, but if you look back to last week, we had looked for Vestigard at the back post or towards the back post um, a couple of times late in that one, and I thought we were looking for him to knock it down, but he got a full running start at this James Ward pass free kick, and the delivery was there, the pace was there, and Vestigard, you know, just got up and, and got to the ball and, and powered it away from the keeper. There was no chance for him to do anything. So, um, yeah, you can talk about Aston Villa not maybe um, having the wrong guy on them, but I think they're zonal marking anyway. And, and, you know, they just didn't attack the ball and he did. And that's, that's what happens if you, if you let guys run, uh, around free and, and try to attack the ball, which we've seen saints kind of fail to defend that way as well. So, uh, I was very pleased with, with the whole thing from the delivery, um, to the goal, the power on it. I, I just thought, uh, saints did, did very, very well to, to score that goal. And it's good for Vestigard. Uh, I don't think he had scored. Um, I think it was 22 matches away from home with no goal mm. and then two in a row now. So I, I, I think we'll take that. Yeah, yeah, um, just brilliant. I like to think that James Woodfouse looked at that and thought, oh, John McGinn, he, he's marking Vestergaard. Now, John McGinn's five foot ten. I thought, yeah, okay, whip this one in, and there's only going to be one winner, and it, it was that. So, yeah, thank you very much. Her helpless defending, really. Nothing the keeper could do about that either. And, yeah, as you said, that's back-to-back away goals for Vestergaard. And, yeah, it was, yeah, 22. Hadn't scored in his first 22 on the road. He now has more goals than Redmond, Romeo, and Armstrong combined, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, keep keep him in. Let's just stick him in midfield as well. <laughs> He's passed the ball nicely today as well. Um, yeah. I guess my one concern in the first half for Saints was they did they did give away several free kicks, kind of in kind of a similar position to where uh, we were able to put our, our set piece in and score. Um, but Saints defended them much better, and and I think a lot like. Um, last week where we got bodies on uh, James Rodriguez whenever he was trying to get on the ball. Um, it seemed like in the first half, especially every time Grealish got the ball, he was uh, immediately surrounded by at least two Saints players. And and I thought Kyle Walker-Peters did well in the first half and Armstrong did well to kind of put him under pressure. I didn't think we did so much. Uh, we did it so well in the second half, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep talking about the first half because I still want to smile for a while. Um, I guess, Kevin, what, tell me about James Ward-Prowse and, and what those free kicks, uh, did you think they were going in or did you think there's no chance that we're just dreaming? I guess what were your thoughts kind of looking at that as he, as he lined the first one up? Well, I mean, Ray, Ray said to me that um, when that free kick got given, he broke down James Ward-Prowse's goal before he'd even taken it. And I can kind of understand that because perfect, perfect position for a James Ward-Prowse free kick. Um, we, we all know he's got it in him, but um, he seems to have um, dipped a little bit lately, I think since Project Restart. Um, yeah, I don't, don't, can't remember a, a, an amazing James Ward Browns free kick from the tail end of last season, but yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that is a, a powerful, powerful hit, and just there's a bend on it. Got everyone remembering what it is that he, he does do best, and wow, yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah, I'm just in, I'm in love with that free kick. No, I don't have to apologize for that. Um, the the sec- second one's even better. Though. Yeah, yeah, I think the second one was better. But uh, I did, when, the first one was set up uh, by a Vestergaard pass to Walcott, where Walcott kind of got into some space um, inside, and Vestergaard stepped forward, made a good pass, and, and obviously uh, Walcott's brought down. And we all know who's going to take that free kick, but, and we all know kind of what he's going to do with it, and still he manages to, to get it in. So, so Ray, you, you knew it was happening beforehand? You, you predicted the future? I did. I did. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was writing notes down as it was going. I saw him put the, the, the ball down, and I just said, you know, this is going in. I wrote it down straight away, like 33, uh, Ward-Prowse goal. And, yeah, it just happened. And it, he, he's already got that reputation as a brilliant, you know, brilliant striker of a football. 
and especially from set pieces. And actually, Kev, you know this, whenever we get any away fans on, we always ask them the same question, like if you could take one Saints player to have in your current team, who are you going to take? And, you know, about 80 to 90% of the people that have said James Ward-Prowse just because of his, his set pieces. So, yeah, it's, he's got that reputation for a reason. And as soon as it's gone down, as Kev said, a perfect position for him, only going in one place. And the keeper... I, you feel kind of sorry for him because he had nothing to do that first half. He picked the ball out of the net three times. Didn't make a save. Just completely helpless. Yeah, I don't think he made a save the entire the entire match. Um, <laughs> and it's not not what you want. <laughs> but we also went through some some phases like that uh, last season. Angus Gunn. Um, but um, <laughs> that's that's fine. Uh, the third it's goal. The the third. Yeah, seriously. Uh, the third goal is is set up by Matty Cash who. Um, I don't know if he was trying to, um, I don't know, dunk the ball or what, but I mean, he's right on the edge of the area. He clearly handles the ball. I has to be on purpose. Like I've done that playing in the park and guys want to fight, let alone like in a premier league match. Um, and it was closer to, obviously it goes right on the line. Um, I wasn't so sure he was going to be able to get that one up and down. And then when he did it, I was just like, well, that's fine, but do you think Matty Cash should have been sent off for that? Uh, a lot of people are arguing that he should have been. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the rule, you know, uh, how you weigh that up, but you, you think if, if he should have been sent off, maybe he would have been because of VAR and all that stuff, but uh, what, what were your thoughts on the, on the handball and then on the goal? Yes, he should have been sent off. Okay. Um, it was a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity because that ball has gone over the top and it's gone to Walcott. That's a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, that was taken away. I like it. It didn't matter anyway in the end. But I'm just thinking if that had been on the ground, they'd have hacked him down or, you know, just stopped him on the ground from a goal scoring opportunity. That would have been a red card. But what, I mean, a blatant handball to stop the ball's path, it's got to be a red card. And well, you say it didn't matter in the end, but I think it would have been a very different second half if they'd had 10 men. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh... A lot of uh, criticism for Dean Smith uh, in his saying that they should have won the match or let alone drawn it or whatever. Um, the truth is they were better for a half hour, but with 10 men on the pitch, I think the game is is slightly different. Uh, and Kevin, before we move on from that goal, because this is the, the last bright spot for, uh, well, until we talk about Danny Ng's goal. Um, but for you, I mean, what, what, what made the second free kick so much better? What did you enjoy more or more about it? I think because it's it's a lot closer to the goal, so it's obviously a lot more difficult to score and get it over the ball. But and I, I'm not sure what exactly is going through James Ward-Prowse's head at this point. And um, does he spot Mings and think that he's not going to be the highest jumper and he'll be able to put it straight across his head? Um, but yeah, whether that thought crosses his mind or not, that's exactly what he does. And yeah, it hits it just as powerfully as well. Yeah. I feel like maybe he looked at Tyrone Mings and be like, I'll show you what we did when we were kids. It'll be just like when we were kids uh, in the academy, even though I'm not sure if they were there at the same time because. Uh, yes, they were. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he just knew. Um, or maybe he was trying to hit his, his old buddy in the face. That would have been great too. Um, either way. Yeah. There's more free kicks than Letizia now as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what how. I would love to hear how, how Matt Letizia feels about that. But unfortunately, they took him off the television uh, and he will not be able to tell us anymore. I've uh, seen um, Matt Letizia say that um, he's absolutely chuffed for him and he's pleased that he's broken his record and yeah. he hopes that he smashes it out of the park because he loves the same. Yeah, well, and now that now that he's ahead of him, now you just need to go put it out of reach for anybody else, you know? Um, yeah. don't, don't just beat me by one, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, coming out of halftime, there was a change for Saints. Bednarak had had an injury. Um, looked like a... A head or neck or something. He came back and played the rest of the first half. Uh, they make the change at halftime. Stevens comes in for him, and you know there's always going to be a little bit of worry. And Saints look flat coming out of, out of halftime. They look like that. You know they're cruising three nothing, um, and, and it's not even like you know we scored all the goals in the opening twenty minutes and they just held on. We we went into halftime having just scored a goal, but it looked to me like they came out a little bit flat. Uh, was was that kind of how you two saw it as well, or or what do you attribute the, that to if, if that's the case? Yeah, I'd say that. And as I say, we we Bednarik went off because yeah, the injury did look quite nasty, kind of like head plants at the ground and it bent his neck back. So yeah, I hope I really do hope he's okay because you know the, the whole dynamic in that defence could be changed. Uh, Stevens come on, wasn't great, um, and 
I was saying to Kev as well on our show that this would have been such an easy halftime team talk for, for Ralph. You know, just do exactly what you did in that first half. You don't hold back. Just go and play as you can because, you know, I still have that, that niggling thought that Saints don't know how to keep, keep hold of a win. Despite, you know, doing it, as you say, against Everton last week, there's always that. I mean, I always think back to years ago when we were 3-0 up against Leeds and then we lost 4-3. It's just, it's one of those moments that will always stick with me. And I just feel like that Saints always have that in them. And I know we're going to keep saying this over and over again. It's a game of two halves and, and it really, really was. That's um, a drink. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's just, they were a bit flat. Maybe it was, I mean, Krause said in his um, post-match interview that it, it was just a little bit of complacency. I hope it was just, just that, and I hope it wasn't because of these injuries, because we've got a quick turnaround. We've got five, five days until Newcastle. Without those three important, crucial players, it's going to change everything around, and hopefully, you know, we're not going to be flat starting off against Newcastle. Yeah, um, so... Ings does get a goal. We get a goal from open play, uh, kind of on the counterattack, a, a, a good move. We kind of cut through them. And I think it's what you want to see from Saints. You want to see them, you know, as teams come forward and try to get back in the game that, you know, you, you punish them for that. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. I thought the, 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 the goal from Ings the, to cut inside like that, uh, to score that goal. Um, we've seen it happen. We've seen him do it before and he's just been so clinical and, and I just want him to keep doing that and stay healthy. And, and we'll talk about um, that coming up a little bit because that might we might be in some trouble there. Um, but the game could have just died off. I mean, you see it a lot. If a team gets up by three goals, uh, obviously we've seen teams blow three nil leads um, this season. But sometimes a team's up by two or three goals, and the game, the second half is just kind of flat all the way around. The other team's not really pushing forward. Um, you know, Saints had no reason to kind of uh, you know expose themselves at all. And yeah, it didn't really work out. Uh, Villa did come forward and did try. They were punished for it. And then I, I think the last 30 minutes, the, the wheels just kind of started uh, to fall off. Uh, Tyrone Mings gets a goal. And at that point, you're kind of like, oh, well, don't, don't let this happen, please. And I, I, I thought the ball should have been cleared um, initially a, a little bit better. I think Armstrong kind of had a misclearance. Not as bad as the whatever Jack Stevens tried right at the beginning of the second half where he just completely missed the ball. I don't know if you guys caught yeah. that. Um, yeah. I was like, man, that's, that's like, you haven't been out. You haven't played in a while. Have you? Um, and that's, <laughs> that's a mess. Um, at least he didn't pull a muscle while he did it, but I thought the, the initial clearance should have been a little better. And I feel like we just kind of shut down. Like once the, the ball should have been cleared, everybody kind of backed off and, and just took a second off. And that allowed Mings to, to, to get his head on the ball. And, and all of a sudden it's three, one or four, one. Uh, and you still feel we should be, and there's, this should not be a problem, but um, it, it kind of turned into one. Uh, and I don't know, do, do you want to pick apart all of the goals that we conceded? Do you want to pick apart this one? Do you just want to ignore them and, and talk about the injuries? What do you guys want to do? Yeah, let, let, let's just ignore them. I'm, I'm okay with that. But, you know, just quickly on the, on the Mings goal, um, as soon as he scored that, I actually joke, jokingly wrote in my notes, oh, the wheels are coming off. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that it was. But I also had Dan as well that, you know, right up until our fourth goal, that you know, we were playing with so much confidence and we were moving the ball through the middle with ease. And it was at that point I thought, God, thought this could be five or six. Yeah. And then it, it just all went, yeah. yeah. You see Ings' reaction to him scoring this goal is so nonchalant. It's beautiful. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's what I do. Lift, lift me, I am the king of the scummers. <laughs> um, and you think, well, um, if Paris is not going to get a hat trick, then Ings is um, might as well, but yeah, you're you're right. The the wheels one by one were falling off, and um, yeah, luckily we only lost three of them, and we still had one wheel left <laughs> to to ride at home. Um, but yeah, I think Armstrong um, embarrassed himself really for that uh, that first goal, um, losing the ball there to um, it wasn't target, was it? I um, not. I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, it's it either Target or Barkley, but um, yeah, he just, he just gets done so easily. I thought he was um, he was quite poor today by his standards. Somebody's um, going to yeah, step up in that situation because Walcott can't play both sides, so we got to get... And Armstrong's been so good most of the season. Janepo's back. Yeah, we could stick Janepo on, 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 on the left and then... Um, Armstrong or, or Walcott on the right. You know? I'm, not, I'm not comfortable leaving Armstrong out of the team at all. No, I mean, 
playing. But I mean, do you agree with me? Like his his performance, it, it was lacking. He he wasn't. Um. Okay, I say that, but um, he was instrumental in that Ings goal. Okay, <laughs> I, have to, I have to definitely ignore that. But um, yeah, I just get no. I get the feeling that he didn't control that uh, right wing as yeah. much as he has been. You know. I, I I don't think that Walcott had a great second half either, though. Nobody really did. No, well, no, that's what I mean. I, I want to, I want to stress that this was a, this was a colossal failure by the whole team, and I don't really want to point out individuals because I think as a whole they, they were, oh, they just sat back and they were a bit flat. Maybe they, well, it, maybe it was just a little bit of complacency, and they just thought, you know, we've we've, we've done our work. Even at four, we're never going to concede any more than that, are we? Maybe it was just that. I like to think it was. I mean, you're you're four nil up with thirty one minutes left to play. And sure. the other team has shown you absolutely no signs that they are even remotely interested in scoring, um, which is when I put on Instagram, just go ahead and make it nine, boys, which is probably why uh, things happened the way they did. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's okay. It's your fault, Matt. You know, I wish I had that much power. I can't get my kids, I can't get the dog, the new dog, to go to the bathroom outside, let alone uh, cause Saints this massive uh, collapse. Um, I thought that uh, going on in the second half, Grealish found himself 1v1 or in a lot of space a lot more than in, in the first half. And I think we can talk about the wingers not providing the level of coverage to Kyle Walker-Peters is, is was necessary. Um, and, I, and I think that it was some complacency. And I do that does worry me a little bit. But um, the late goals, I mean, the, the, the penalty from Diallo, it's just kind of clumsy. Um, the last goal, I think Grealish just has too much space. Um, and that's it. And, then, and there you go. I was actually surprised Grealish didn't take the penalty. Um, but I think he wanted to. He didn't want to or he did? No, I think he did. I think he picked the ball up originally, didn't he? But Watkins was like, no, I'm having this. I don't know why, because he's like captain. He was the one he was kicked. Right, right. Uh, maybe that's, yeah. that's why. I know uh, Pep Guardiola doesn't like it when the person who was fouled takes the penalty, I think. Um, Is that right? I, I don't know. Who cares? Like, I, let, let somebody take it if they're good. If they're not good, don't let them take it. Um, so, sure. you know, I, I don't know, but um, let's talk about the injuries because I think that, that this is the most concerning part of, of the whole thing. We could talk about the, the potential collapse, but in the end, we got the points. Um, we'll be happy with that. We'll look at some of the goals. Uh, Ward Prowse will, will celebrate that. Um, Ings got a goal. Um, Adams got an assist. Vestergaard got a goal. I think that's all fine. Um, but the injuries, uh, I think those, those are, are, are pretty bad. And we'll start at the top of the pitch because Danny Ings has been the man for the last two seasons at Southampton. And I think we have a question. Uh, we just jump into it here um, because we, I think we've, we've addressed some of these other things. Um, okay, so we have uh, a couple of questions. Some come from the patrons, some come from uh, just, just Instagram or, or Twitter. You can get in touch kind of any way you want. Uh, we always put a question post up before we record the show. Uh, patrons do get priority for having their questions answered on the show each and every week. Uh, if you're interested in that, patreon.com forward slash SSC delivery. If you're not, just send your questions in. We'll usually answer them anyway. Um, uh, so Colt Baker says, what do you think of the Walcott for Redmond switch? We talked about that earlier at the top of the show. Um, he says, also, do you think this team could fare better if Ings was to miss time as opposed to last year's team, which they seem to rely a lot more on Ings? So um, I guess with that question, how do you think we are, are looking if Ings is set to miss a significant amount of time. There was a, a report that he was not um, on crutches when he left the, the facility, and the scan is going to be tomorrow. He's not going directly for the scan now, so maybe that's good news. But um, you know, do you think this team is set up to, to better cope with this versus, versus last year? No, <laughs> in short. No, it's not. Um, it, it looks scary. And, and Ralph has actually said it doesn't look good. Um, and his face didn't look great in that as well. Uh, I think another thing as well, looking at Danny Ings' body language and his face in particular, and you know when it happened, and there was a lot of grimacing and a lot of wincing, and yeah, it, it, it doesn't look good. And moving forward without him, you know, our whole stability is you know is off kilter now. And and what happens to our confidence? I don't think Shane Long can manage 90 minutes in the same consistency and frenetic way that Danny can. It's just not going to happen. And unless, you know, maybe they throw a curveball and stick uh, Shea up front on his own. Um, and then, you know, put, no, I mean, I, I can't. And then, you know, 
packing out that midfield a little bit more because you, we've, we've got Walcott that needs to play. We've got Redmond that needs to play. We've got um, Armstrong needs to play. So maybe they do want to pack out that midfield. midfield. I'm not saying they're going to, but can, can Long play 90 minutes and keep up that pace like, like Danny? I'd say he doesn't have to. Um, Long's room to go. I mean, his energy levels and, and skill belie his age. And even if he can't last 90 minutes, you've got Nundalu, Oberfemi's somewhere um, in their side points code. Um, they can be called up upon to, to fill the difference. And we saw before that um, Oberfemi, he can step up. Yeah, but then what Ings does defensively for us, I don't think anyone else does that. Yeah, I mean, it's a long, long definitely different player, and he won't have the same strength partnership that um, Shane and Danny built up over the beginning of this season. But um, Long definitely brings something to them. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the real question. I, I think if, I mean, Walcott can play up top too. I think we might see that. Uh, that gets Redmond. That's a very good point. Armstrong yeah. and the team in their midfield spots, and Walcott up top, and Long can come on uh, to partner Adams late, or or partner come on for Adams late. But I don't know. I mean, it's not what I want. I would rather, much rather, Danny Ings be there. Um, I mean, Saints are are. I mean, I don't. I, we're not ten games in, so I'm not going to like talk about the table. But we're pretty high up there, like uh, elevation sickness high. And um, I, I, where does the team fit? If, if uh, Tim Bazant's asked if if Ings is out for three months. Where where are Saints going to be at the end of that run if, he, if he's not coming back till I guess that's that's February? Uh, wh- what do you guys think? Twenty inch. <laughs> yeah, not top of the table, definitely. That's massive. If he's out for a, a, an extended uh, period of time, yeah, that, that's massive. That is that's just really put me on a downer. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, can we get the the police uh, to investigate the the incident that led to Ings' injury? Um, Ala Virgil van Dijk. There was there was a hand towards the face, and it looked like his his uh, ankle just got or his studs just got caught in the in the turf, and it didn't look good. It didn't look good, um, and it wasn't the only injury that we are going to have to deal with. And I think maybe in a, in a spot where we're less, you know, we do have Walcott, we do have Long, we do have Obafemi, uh, we have Lundelu if we need to go that far. Um, but if we look at Ryan Bertrand, I think you guys have talked about it. Um, you know, he is a little bit older. Definitely had an issue. He had to come off. Um, is Vokens ready to go? We didn't sign a left back. H- how are you feeling about that one? Because I think that one could be, with as important as, as those fullbacks have been to us, we see the impact that Kyle Walker-Peters has, has had on the team. You know, what happens if Bertrand's out? and what, who, who plays there? I can quite honestly say that I don't know enough about Jake Vokens because he's just not had an extended amount of time in the team. Um, do I trust him? No, of course I don't. Because I don't know what, what he can bring. Um, I mean, Ward Prowse played there today, didn't he? I mean, is that an option? No, probably not. It's got. It's, I mean, you've got you've got to put your best players in the best positions, and unfortunately, that is all we have, isn't it, uh, Jake Bokin? So we're going to have to give him a go. He's going to need to need to be bleeded yeah. into the team eventually. Um, you know, because well, how old is Bertrand now? Was he? He's just signed a new new deal, wasn't he? To or he's planning on signing a new deal, which is going to take him up to the age of thirty four. So we are going to need to think about long term what we do at left back, and maybe Vokens is the answer. Then why not just give him a go? Yeah, and Ralph definitely favours him. I mean, you wouldn't have included him on, on the bench or you know in the cup squads as he has over this um, last season. Um, if he wasn't, this is his chance to step up, and he's going to have to. We've tried putting Ward Prowse as a makeshift fullback. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Bring back Kevin Danso. <laughs> yeah, so we can play him out of position as well. Um, well, we've got a full bench of players to play out of position. That's what we're going to do. But um, yeah, I mean, having Diallo and Romeo in midfield and four price at left back, no, yeah, no, I think it's just going to be a life for like switch. I think uh, War Prowse and Romeo need to stay in the middle. Um, we do have another question that mm. says, when does Diallo get into the first team? From at RXDMOND, that's a, it's a Redmond. Um, he says, when oh, will yeah. Diallo make his way into the starting 11? Um, so that's, that's another question. I mean, is this a chance for him? Can you see Vokens not being given the start, Ward Prowse playing out of position and Diallo coming in? I'm not saying I want that. I don't, I don't necessarily think that is the case, but uh, do you, do you foresee him coming in? Cause I mean, he's not going to replace JWP. I feel like Romeo has also been 
pretty good. So, so when do you see Diallo actually making his way in? Well, I mean, he's he's being slowly introduced anyway, isn't he? He's he's, he's made uh, cameos in, in the three games that he's that we that we since we signed him. Um, but I can't help but think that if you know the moment that Romelu slips up, Diallo is going to be there to take that role. Um, and it kind of exactly the same as Vestergaard and Stevens. Um, but like you said, Romeo has been brilliant. I've been very impressed with Romeo in, in October. And there is absolutely no need to bring Diallo in when Romeo is playing this well. I mean, he led the team in tackles again today. And we're still winning, just. But um, unless there's a massive shift in form or there's an injury, I don't, I don't see any rush right now to bring Diallo straight into the team. Um, you know, he, he gave the ball away twice when he came on against Everton and he gave a penalty away against Villa today. Mm-hmm. He's going to need time to settle into his new surroundings, his new teammates. Um, need to give him all the time that he needs. And as I say, you don't want to upset Romelu and Ward-Prowse in the middle. We're just going to have to put Bokens at left back and, and bite it. Yeah, or Long. <laughs> like, we've played everybody there. Why not just let Long have a go? He'll yeah, why not? Um, yeah. Just kidding. I'm joking. Always, <laughs> it always needs more Schlum. Um, but for Diallo, I mean, definitely, he's, he's hardly stamped his uh, authority on the team by, um, yeah, like you said, giving the ball away straight away and then conceding a penalty by kicking Greenish up the arse, which um, is fine, but as long as you don't do it in the penalty area. I feel like he deserved um, it too. Because um, there, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. plenty going on as the game, as it got to 4 nothing, um, there was there was plenty going on from the Villa players. They were clearly frustrated and um, I think I, I wrote down in my notes at some point, just Saints just need to keep their heads and keep playing. And, you know, we kind of didn't keep, do the second part of that. Um, nobody got sent off, which was good, but we, we kind of just didn't keep playing the same game. And that's, I mean, that's nothing new with Saints. We've, we've seen it before and we hope it gets better going forward. But, um, you know, there, there's only, at the end of the day, we did, we got the points. Uh, and as, as you kind of said earlier, I'm, I'm kind of more concerned about some of the injuries than, than anything else because I yeah. think that could be, um, the long term that could impact us uh, long term, and um, I, I do I do think that Tim actually said he would have rather seen us draw and not have any of the injuries than to win, um, because the points we'll pick up down the road with a healthy Ings and Bertrand and Bednarak will be more than than the three we got today. Um, wow, well, I mean we don't really know what the extent of the injuries are yet, so I don't know. I still want to take the three points. Uh, yeah, it def- definitely doesn't look it doesn't look good for Danny. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all seen how, you know, it, with points available that, you know, we'll take them on the board. You know, uh, I think Ben said last week on Total Saints podcast, just he wants to get to, you know, 40 and then, and then we'll talk. Um, so I, I, I feel that too, but I do, I do think that with the, the players that we could potentially field on Friday, uh, the team may look different and feel different and play differently, which is not necessarily what I want. Um, uh, but, but it is kind of, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're all going to be awaiting the, uh, the scans and, and the, the injuries and, and saints aren't very good about letting us know, which is good for them because no. they don't need to. Um, but hopefully we find out something about, about Ings especially is actually, I don't know who I'm more concerned about. They're, they're all, they all scare me to, to play a game without any of those three. It uh, doesn't, doesn't fill me with a bunch of confidence, but, um, but yeah, but, uh, I just want to say thanks to you guys for, for coming on the show. Um, I, I appreciate your time. I know it's dark out where you are. It's still morning where I am. It's pitch black now. <laughs> it's been it's been a weird it's been a weird day. Um, been up for six hours now, and it's like breakfast time still. Uh, so I don't know what the hell is happening. <laughs> but um, yeah, long day ahead for you. Yeah, yes, probably probably a second cup of coffee and definitely a nap. Um, but anyway, I don't know. But uh, if people want to find your show, um, uh, there are links in the show notes. But why don't you tell them one more time where they can go to 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 find the show. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff, and then uh, and then we'll we'll let you go so you can get on with the rest of your day. You can find us uh, in that number podcast on Instagram, and we're at number podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can send us an email to in that number podcast at gmail dot com if you so wish. And yeah, find us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah, give we're us give us week. a review as well. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. a thumbs up. Little t- little tickle, a like and a subscribe. Yeah, and we'll we'll always we'll always reply if you send us a message on, on Instagram, on Twitter, or send us an email. We'll always get back to you because of the stupid hours that I do. I'll be uh, replying <laughs> easily enough. Yeah, with the time zones, we kind of got it covered, haven't we? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Also, Ray, you're at Ray Hunt 84 and Kevin, you're at Moscow Mush on, on Twitter. So people can follow you uh, there as well. Um, uh, lastly, uh, do, do you know what your episode is titled this week? You'll know by the time it's out, obviously. But uh, what's the episode title? What's the artwork? Uh, kind of fill some people in. They should go and, and seek this out because they've been really, really good lately. Oh, yeah. We, we definitely have to go for this season. We're putting out um, artwork with the with wow. theme. Last um, year we did it. We did it with um with music, didn't we? Well, and, um, since the restart, yeah, we did yeah. Um, album covers. Uh, and this year, Kev had a great idea of, uh, of, of putting movie themes to, to the episodes, which we thought was a... Yeah, I said it's great, as long as we can come up with something. But Kevin has got just... He's just got a brilliant, brilliant mind, and it's so underrated. The work that he does for it is incredible, and I can always rely on him to come up with something amazing. Still makes me laugh, you know, it's... It's, it's great the work that he does for it. So, yeah, thanks, Kev. Oh, but you put on more hard work. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's good that we're, we're finishing this podcast now because it's going to be a, a right love-in tonight. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, the, the theme was deleted. Obviously, with Halloween, we thought we'd cover a spooky thing. Like, oh, my God, Villa of the Damned. All right, all right. Um, instead, of, so, instead of Village. Yeah, all right. that's the whole joke. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Even more credit has to go to for the amazing photoshopping to Saints News Now, who does uh, oh, God, yeah. a brilliant job on that. I he can never do it. He's been brilliant for us as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic. He did some writing for the for the the for the newsletter, and uh, he's he's one of those guys. Anytime he wants to do anything, I'm like, yep, you can do it because it's it's great. So um, I'm glad he's working with you guys, and uh, people can follow him. Uh, links to oh, we'll put his link in the show notes as well for his Instagram account because it's it's there to be followed. Uh, with plenty of good stuff going on there. So um, look, I'll be honest. I started recording way before I told you, so I have no idea how long we've been going, uh, which could be a real mess, um, but I promise not to do anything too crazy. Um, you, Your mom will be able to listen to this episode without being embarrassed. Uh, but thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, we have to do this again and before episode 300, hopefully. Um, but th- thanks for coming. Guys. Yeah, That's a good movie yeah. theme already. Yeah, yeah uh, thanks. Thanks, Matt. I mean, it's, um, I'm trying to say a word on your show as well. You know, the, the, the work that you do, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's dedication, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got kids, you've got a demanding job. Um, and I don't know how you can produce such great, you know, podcast content week in, week out. And you do it on your own, too. Like, it's just, you never take a break for the internationals and end of season and stuff. Yeah. Prolific and, and relentless. and you're, you're like James Ward Prowse, thanks podcast and saying. All right, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I, I think I've grown into it. There, there have definitely been some uh, sometimes where I was played out of position, and I probably shouldn't have done it. But uh, <laughs> it, it's been all right since uh, for for the last little while. Uh, I just, I just say, I have, I have zero other hobbies. Like that is the, that is really it. Um, uh, like James Ward Prowse, I basically do this work, and I do the work that I do for you know being a father and a husband, and which I don't want to call work. It's going to sound bad, but. Uh, my wife and I will stop listening before this part of the show anyway. Um, and then, you know, I, I do this. This is like, uh, I, I enjoy this. And sometimes it doesn't come off as well as I want. And then I just try to do better next time. And that's all, that's all you can really do. But um, anyway, all right, well, let, let's get off here. But uh, thank you so much for, for coming on, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Matt. A legend. that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to the guys from the In That Number Podcast. Thank you to both Ray and Kevin for taking the time to do this. Uh, three time zones. Um, I guess just two continents. But still, it's a lot. If you would like to follow the In That Number Podcast, the links are all in the show notes to both Twitter and Instagram and their show on Apple Podcasts and uh, you can follow and listen wherever you like to listen to podcasts and if you enjoy Saints Podcasts I would encourage you to check it out as I mentioned at the top of the show we didn't know the extent of the injuries to Danny Ings, Jan Benrack and Ryan Bertrand it seems like all of them are uh, not as bad as we thought so that's really really good to know as of now I'm still worried but hey hopefully everybody will be back and healthy for too long and uh, you know if we beat Newcastle just top of the table for at least a night no big deal uh, just Southampton at the top of the table and if that doesn't make you smile 
I don't know what will. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you don't have to pay fourteen ninety five for it to watch it. And uh, even if you do, this show is free. So uh, I hope that you have enjoyed it uh, very much. So anyway, this show has partners that make it possible. Thank you to the Saints Archive for keeping me up to date with all of the history of the Southampton Football Club and the Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram at Southampton page on Twitter and at Southampton page one on Instagram for keeping me up to date with everything going on around the Southampton Football Club. When I woke up on Monday morning, that's how I found out that Danny Ings injury wasn't as serious as once, uh, as I feared, I should say. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now. It's Aim is True by Poddington Bear. But if I could say just two more things before we go, I want to say thank you to all the patrons for making the show possible. Uh, I really do appreciate it. If anybody would like to check that out, they can do that at patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. And thank you to everybody who has left a review or a rating uh, in the recent weeks. Um, please continue to do that does really help the show and uh on that note thank you we'll talk to you next time and until then remember that together we march on I honestly did contemplate saying anytime somebody says it's a game of two halves, we all have to drink. But then I realized <laughs> it's eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. I probably should not do that. No. And me and Kev had said that quite a bit on our podcast. Well, yeah, so, yeah. I figured that would come up a lot and I was like, well, this could be yeah. really good, but then I might not have enough beer in the house to make it work. <laughs>